Hello, this is Jim. Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. Please visit our webpage, babyboomertales.com. There you can find links to our podcast, including Apple Podcasts. How are you today? I want to call this episode, California, There We Went. For a while, in the late 1960s, I lived in Denver, and I've never been very good living in the city. Not that I'm bad living in the city, it's just that I was raised in such a small town, country type environment, that that is where my comfort zone is. But I lived in Denver, and I met a friend named Bill, and we worked together, and we contrived a plan to go to California and I think I had sold him on how great hitchhiking was because if I remember right Bill didn't really remind me of a guy that hitchhiked but so we hitchhiked to California and we went via Las Vegas and Bill's brother lived in Las Vegas and we stopped and stayed with him a night he was a blackjack dealer at a casino there And the one thing I really remember is Bill's brother and his wife both drove nice Lincoln Continental cars, lived in a home in the suburbs, and all he did was deal blackjack. I was amazed at that, that a guy just dealing cards could have such a nice lifestyle. And there's a very nice guy. A couple of places we went to in Vegas that evening is we went to Caesar's Palace. I had never heard of it. I think it was fairly new back in the late 60s. And I was amazed at the opulence there. And then we went right to the opposite place at the encouragement of Bill's brother. We went to the bus station and checked out how much bus tickets were to Los Angeles. And at the bus station, it was the saddest place I've ever seen. There are guys all dressed in nice clothes, trying to sell their watch to get home. They had just lost everything. It was a weird scene. I've never been much of a gambler. And uh, right then and there, that helped solidify my belief in I don't need to gamble. I didn't have any fun gambling. My dad owned a slot machine that he got from my grandpa's pool hall when gambling became illegal clear back in the day. And so that slot machine was his piggy bank, and we were uh, welcome to play it, but we had a, if we lost, it was a dime slot, and if we lost 20 dimes in it, we lost 20 dimes in it. My dad just added to his piggy bank. So I learned long ago that those things were indeed one-armed bandits. So from Vegas, we went to L.A. And in L.A., we met a guy named Rick. And he was from somewhere in California. He's pretty streetwise. And he rescued us from a couple situations that could have been a bad deal. Because as big as Denver was then, it was nothing compared to Los Angeles and the Hollywood area and all of that. So Rick took up with us and we went a little bit to the south of town to a a place called Laguna Beach. And had a great day at the ocean and the beach and walking up the hills, looking over the ocean. and, And it was there on the beach that 
I thought I had met Timothy Leary. This guy, probably in his 60s, long hair and beard. I think he even wore a robe. Looking back, I don't think it was Timothy Leary, the college professor, tune in, turn on, drop out guy. But needless to say, we had a tripped out day, and we stayed there that night. And the next day, as we were leaving town, and I thought there was a town called Laguna Beach, but I'm not sure there is, but the town that was there, I sat down to tie up my sleeping bag. It was kind of coming apart. And a police officer came and said, you're under arrest. What for? He said, for sitting on sidewalk. We have the beach to sit down on. And it is against code to sit on the sidewalk. You're coming to jail. So he took me to jail. And I spent the night in jail. And uh, it was a nice, clean jail. The only bad part was they put me in a cell with a guy that was absolutely nuts. And he told me he had killed his mother that day. And he was screaming and yelling. And he was all dressed nice like a businessman or something. But he was, he was off his rocker for sure. And I didn't get any sleep because of it kind of trying to protect myself. The next day, they fed me a wonderful breakfast of bacon and eggs and toast and hash browns and all the good stuff. And then I went to court, and the judge released me. No fine, no nothing. I told him I was leaving town. And picked up with Bill and Rick, and off we went to San Francisco. That was really bizarre for me thinking that taxpayers' money paid for me to have a nice, warm, cozy place with a couple good meals at their expense, and they let me go just because I sat down for a minute on the sidewalk. But oh well. When we got to San Francisco, what I remember about San Francisco is it's not what I thought it was going to be. One of the driving forces that led me into kind of the lifestyle I lived was that song by Scott McKenzie called San Francisco. Remember that? If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. I didn't see people with flowers in their hair, and I didn't see the wonderful stuff that I had been led to believe was going on there. I did run into a, or looked up a friend of mine, Gary, a guy I went to high school with, and he was an artist, and he had moved to San Francisco. And he was okay, but he was busy. And so then we left, and I remember going over the Golden Gate Bridge, but we were on our way to Colorado. And I think it was the first night we made it to uh, somewhere in the Sierra Nevada mountains on the freeway and got dropped off, and it was the end of April, 1st of May, and it was cold, and it was snowing, and there's a sign said, Truckee, one mile or half mile or something, and we walked down to Truckee, California, and there wasn't much of a town then. I don't know what it's like now, but there was a little restaurant, and we went in there, and of course, we had no money. That's the way I rolled back then by choice. When I don't have any money anymore, it's not by choice. But the owner of the restaurant came out and said, you guys hungry? And we go, yeah. He said, tell you what, I'll feed you if you promise to stay and clean the restaurant after we close. So we made a deal, fed us about as much as we could eat. And 
then we cleaned the restaurant. Well, during the time we were eating, some guy had overheard it or knew the owner or something and came over and said, I own a motel over across the street if you guys want to stay there. Room so-and-so is open. And so we went over and stayed. Nobody bothered us. Nobody fooled with us. The next day the sun was shining. We walked up to the highway and got a ride. And we made it, I think, that next day to Elko, Nevada. Now, Elko, Nevada is kind of out in the middle of nowhere, or it was in the late 60s. And there's this guy kind of walking around. He says, you guys need a place to stay? Yeah. Well, I've got a tent over here. That's where I'm staying. You're welcome to stay. So we went to his tent. It was a small tent. But there are four of us in that tent. And he opened a can of Campbell's tomato soup. I can remember this. He opened the can of tomato soup. Didn't have a fire or anything. He said, this is all I have to eat. You guys are welcome to it. So we shared one can of Campbell's tomato soup straight out of the can. No milk, no water, no heat, no bring to a raging boil before you consume this product. As we were eating, passing one spoon around and the can, I announced to everybody that today's my birthday. I thought long and hard, and I can't really remember if it was my 19th or my 20th birthday. But I do know that my birthday was spent in a tent with the rain outside and four of us inside sharing a can of Campbell's tomato soup right out of the can. Happy birthday to me. The next day, we took off and we made it to Salt Lake City. Now, in Salt Lake City, I had an aunt and uncle and their family that lived there. And so, I used a dime and I called my Aunt Donna. And I told her that me and two other friends were passing through town and we wondered if we could stay at her place the night. She, without even any hesitation, because this is how Aunt Donna was, she said, sure, where you at? I'll come get you. So I figured out the address. It was some drugstore or something. And we waited about a half an hour, but here she comes. We piled in her car, and she took us home. And I remember they fed us, and I think it was hamburgers. And Donna and Jim, their two kids, Debbie and Mike, my cousins, and they were pretty young then. We had a big old meal of hamburgers, and it was great. And then Donna sent us downstairs to the basement bedrooms, and there was a shower there. Told us to take a shower. We were pretty gamey. And I remember by the time we were done showering, that bathroom looked like a mud hole. We must have been filthy, dirty. I can't remember. Probably the last time I had a bath was in Las Vegas. So it was just like Donna and Jim to take me and two friends that they had no idea who they were or where they came from in, no questions asked. Open up their home to us, feed us, give us the best of what they had. They were wonderful people and I really missed them. The next day, Donna took us to the edge of town, offered to drive us further and no, 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 no. You know, you go back home, we're okay. I said goodbye to Donna. And we hitched a ride and got a ride to pass Vernal, Utah. And 
there's Dinosaur National Monument. We got dropped off there, and it was cold. It was first part of May, and it was freezing cold. And we realized we weren't going to get a ride anytime soon. We were off the highway by then onto U.S. Highway and not the freeway. And at the monument, there were some bathrooms, and the bathrooms were open. So we went in the bathroom, and they had one of those hand blow dryers to dry your hands, you know, the things that you stick them under there for a minute, and they're still wet, one of those deals. But a blue warm hair, and all night we sat in that bathroom, taking turns, pushing the button, letting it blow warm air in there so we wouldn't freeze. The next day we got a ride, and got a ride all the way to my hometown. Stayed with my parents, and I think the next day, or maybe two days later, I showed the guys my old digs. My mom took us to Denver. Well, going over the pass, the mountain pass, my friend Rick said, I have never seen snow in my life. And he talked us into stopping, and we had a snowball fight. And I thought that was quite amazing that that guy had never seen snow. I was raised in a country where I always kidded it was nine months of winter, and this guy had never even seen snow. Well, my mom got us to Denver. I said goodbye. Now, Aunt Donna and my mom were sisters, so I guess they had a lot in common. Although, I'm sure that it was harder on my mother, seeing her boy that just turned 19 or 20, still being such a kid, and not really showing a whole lot of growing up. I did eventually grow up, but the day I felt like I was finally an adult was the day my dad died. I was in my 40s by then, so it took me quite a while to feel like I was an adult. And it was then and only then I felt like I had no choice. I had a family and everything, and I still felt like I had a choice to be a kid or not. But the day my father died, I put on my big boy pants. And here I am today telling you about it. Family's a wonderful thing. Never take it for granted. Do all you can to keep it. Look back at your life with fond memories and not regret, if it's at all possible. Kindness is a wonderful thing. I'll be back next week.